The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer. Near Canada's Wonderland in the Maple Auto Mall. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. After you have a short break, meaning if some days where the studios aren't in full use, I can assure you, I came in and the headphones I had here were broken. And, <laughs> and I was just <laughs> complaining <laughs> about the ones I have. Mine are still only working in one ear, but I can hear what I need to hear. That, you sure I'm it's not blame you, John? That, actually. I'm going to blame that for the fact I've missed a couple of those things this morning, like the weather, Nick. It's uh, my how do you expect, you know, when my earphones are only going into one ear, then it means I can only do half the job. So, like, yeah, and you'll say, yeah, I'm doing a good job of doing half the job. Anyway, poor John Moore is sitting at home, maybe listening to some of this in just a gap. Am I supposed to be hearing something, guys? A Debbie uh, Hutton is just, well, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. see, that was probably not supposed to be on the air. It's a passive-aggressive uh, move on the part of the company to have us provide our own headphones. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I oh, think so. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay, well, we're, we're here in round one. We're going to get on to the real issues uh, momentarily. Uh, joining us, Jerry Agar, who you've heard. Uh, Deb Hutton, who you briefly heard. Is she, are you there, Deb? I am. Perfect. Uh, loud and clear. And Scott Reed, CTV's political commentator and advisor to a number of prime ministers and other political leaders. Scott, are you there? I, I am maintaining a professional silence in contrast to Deb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about this look, Zoom thing. I've I'm never not, used it before. I'm not getting after any of them because I've stumbled this morning a couple of times, and I think it's sort of post-New Year's uh, sort of groggery or whatever you want to call it. But let's get right into the issues here, and Happy New Year to you all. I want to start with a couple of ones that I think are that I get a bit wound up about. I want to start with this e-bike fire. There was an e-bike fire uh, on the subway uh, over the last couple of days, and two people actually went to the hospital and I just think these things actually are some of them are so big that they don't belong on the subway at all not even to mention before you even get to the point of the batteries representing a potential uh, fire hazard let's start well let's really get things going by starting off with Jerry on that well I'm a motorcycle rider as you might know and uh, I think these things are more like a motorcycle than they are like a bicycle and I don't think they belong on the subway regardless of the battery issue which by the way as it turns out is an issue and but maybe it's the is the spark, so to speak, uh, towards saying, okay, there's no e-bikes on the subway system. I am on the subway literally every day, without exception, and I've seen a couple of times these very big ones. There are smaller ones, but the big ones come on, and honest to God, I don't know how people get them down to the subway, first of all, but secondly, when they come on, they do, uh, Deb, just disrupt the entire car, even when it's not that crowded. It's just a big sort of obstacle that's sort of in the way of people moving back and forth. Oh, 100%. And and listen, I'm usually the last person to call for government regulation. But if people are so stupid as to think that these big e-bikes are just like a bike, then you've got no choice then to regulate them. Jerry's right. They should not be on the subway. We have enough challenges with people who have no choice, like big strollers and things like that on our subway. Not only are they an inconvenience to people, but they're obviously clearly dangerous when you look at the statistics of fire. So no way at all. And by the way, get them off our sidewalk. It was mentioned earlier on, Scott, that, uh, you know, we remember the days when there were some of the new laptops coming out that were causing fires because of the batteries there. And they very quickly banned those from airplanes and just said you couldn't bring them on if it was a certain uh, brand of uh, laptop. Is that where we are? Uh, you know, I, I, it, it is worthy of a note to file that Deb Hutton was calling for government reg- <laughs> for regulation. I feel like Jerry. Anyway, but, uh, Scott, is it is it time to just say, look, not happening, can't bring those on the subway. Uh, you have an electric bike, use it. I, I will complete the curmudgeon circle here on our first New Year show. Um, I'm 100% against them, but I will up 
Depp's call for government regulation. I don't think it's adequate to simply ban them from being on the subway. I'm going to circle in on the sub on the sidewalk issue, which drives me bananas when these things go me zipping too. down the sidewalk and around the corner. Some frantic Uber driver was seven minutes late delivering somebody's milkshake and potatoes to, you know, God knows where. I think that there should be a bylaw in the city that permits you to clothesline people who go zipping by on the sidewalk on their e-bike. You can put your <laughs> legally put your hand, extend it your arm like a Jerry and Agar thing. Holy mackerel. Yeah, it sounds like a Jerry yeah, Agar no, thing. No, it's got to be frontier justice. That's how you clean this up. Look, I'll go a step further. We're trying to one-up one each other on uh, this day after New Year's here, but coming because they're silent in many cases and they come down even the bike lanes and they're going at a tremendous speed well in excess of I'm sure what is allowed I don't know if there is a speed limit on those bike lanes but they're going at a very high speed and they're silent and I think they're very dangerous there when you step out as well because there's just no warning Jerry you wanted to have a last word on this? Yeah well a couple of quick things I don't know how we would be uh, visiting a hardship on the e-bike riders by telling them they can't use the subway they already have a motorized vehicle so they can get where they need to go we're providing more and more bike lanes all the time if that's where they belong and the other part of it is on the government regulation. Well, the subway is run by the government and they have a right to monitor their and regulate their system. That's a fair point. Uh, let's move on to another non-controversial subject, although I think this one, again, just makes a lot of sense. I mean, I was uh, privy to the reports that are public about how many um, calls misuse 911. And then we see the stories that I was talking about on this radio station a week or so ago about the hold times you sometimes get uh, when you call 911 with a true emergency. But there are people who call, the famous example I remember from when I was uh, mayor is somebody calling in to ask how to cook a turkey at 911. And there are many, many others like that, not even to mention pocket dials. And I just wonder, you know, Scott, whether Mayor Pratt Patrick Brown isn't on to something here by at least saying, look, if you, you know, abuse through stupidity or otherwise 911 by calling about something that is clearly not an emergency, you are going to pay a fine. Yeah, I'll be a contrarian on this one. So first of all, anything that Patrick Brown is in favor of, I instantly look to see the other side of the argument and whether there's a way I can actually be on that side. So I think that if you look at the numbers, this is a bit of an anecdotal exaggeration. 740 calls per day that are by accident or inappropriate out of 1,800. That's 0.4%. It's too high. I think you could fix half of those calls, which are accidental, I think, from iPhones and Samsung phones because of that emergency number thing they have on the you know on many people's mm -hmm. lock screen you get rid of that half the calls instantly vanish but you know my sense is that this is you know January 1st, Headline Hunter by Patrick Brown. This is exactly this kind of thing. It's not actually within his, you know, domain to do this. He just wants to sort of, you know, surf the headlines. Great. He'll get a hit out of that. Um, watch for him declare his intention to run for another level of, uh, of, of, of elected office at some point in the near future. I'm an extreme skeptic when it comes to this cat. Are you a skeptical, Deb? Well, I am, but clearly it's a bad 2024 already because I've called for government regulation and I support Patrick Brown on the fines. <laughs> but you're now canceled from filling in for me. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I, I should ask. I need to go back to bed. I, mean, I was going to say, I was going to ask what you did over New Year's that maybe caused this uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, altered state. Having said all that, uh, Jerry, you do you think this is a good or a bad idea? First of all, full disclosure, the police came to our house one day when... Uh, 911 call had been placed from our home by her four-year-old daughter. And it was just one of those things where she picked the phone up and poked numbers, and she happened to poke 911. And the police showed up, and we explained what happened, and they said, okay, 
don't let it happen again. And I thought that that was very uh, reasonable because as Scott is kind of suggesting, out of 720 illegitimate calls, some of them are accidents, some of them are maybe even subjective as to whether you should have called 911. Maybe it was a legitimate call to the police, but not necessarily a 911 call. That can happen. So I think that you have to be careful who you're actually going to prosecute. But if you have people who are repeat problems or somebody who just calls with something like, how do you bake a turkey? I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, maybe I'm, you're on to the better idea here, which is I think now when you have your alarm system go off and you have up to two free call, you know, sort of yeah. like dogs getting one free bite, you have two calls and then they charge you. Maybe that's the way to do it and say, look, if you're a repeat offender and you've called 911, you know, three times and it's all ridiculous stuff, you should get a big fine then. But anyway, for another day, and uh, we hear uh, we hear you, Scott, on uh, your skepticism of anything. Patrick Brown puts forward. I was not aware, I must say, and I don't know why I would have been that. People film themselves in the gym and put their work workouts. Do you not have Instagram? Well, well, no, I actually do not look oh, at that social okay. media. I don't. I just don't. But having because I think it's kind of a waste of time and it's a cesspool of negativity. But having said no, that's that, Twitter. Maybe that. Well, both. Okay. Maybe that's something only a, a, a recovering politician could um, could say. But uh, now they're concerned about the fact not that the people are posting their own workouts because they're doing that themselves, but rather they're concerned, Scott, that people are picking up others in the background whose privacy is being invaded by by this uh, filming. And is this something that seems much ado about nothing? Uh, you know, I think this is an issue for people um, because you get these like, you know, um, muscle ripped dudes who want to like film themselves in the mirror. There's this kind of like weird culture of self-love. I want to like, you know, show my rippling muscles and then they get like, you know, me in the background in the first week of January, which is the only week that I ever actually attend the gym. And my shirt crawls up as I try to, you know, lift something and my, you know, walleye white belly is exposed. I do not want to be on that. I don't think they should have cameras and gyms i just it's like what in the showers next you know oh my god look you know eddie the muscle hunk wants to like film himself lathered up no it's it's creep city you know that may be the better answer deb again <laughs> we're, we're gonna get you maybe a, a three-peat here on uh, on government regulation <laughs> but maybe scott's right that the answer is why why do people need to take a camera it's funny i go to uh, have a go to, a, to the gym two or three times a week and i wouldn't even think of ta- i don't even take my phone there. there's a clock on the wall you can tell what time it is uh, do you think maybe just saying no cameras no phones in the gym or no cameras anyway is is a better way to go well, and let's be clear, people are taking like the, the, the white ring that makes you look better and tripods. No, like, this seriously? isn't just the cam seriously, oh, this is not just the camera. But I think it's up to the individual gym. And if your gym allows cameras and your gym allows tripods, then don't go to that gym. Like I really don't think this is sort of a you need to ban it unless you're a gym that wants to ban it, which is probably the gym that Scott and I and maybe Jerry should go to. Yeah, that may be, you know, look, I, with, with your uh, uh, reluctance to see government intervention, that may be a very sensible way, Jerry, to deal with this, <laughs> yeah, to say, yeah. you know, make it an the advertising, gym, a marketing. The gym uh, that Jerry and I go to is called the Elephant and Castle, <laughs> and they have no prohibitions <laughs> against photography. With a couple of wheels thrown in for good measure. Yeah, the Elephant and Castle. Yeah. That's, and, and that's where you can hoist one. That's the weightlifting you do, hoisting one. Huh, yeah, Jerry? Well, a pint has a fair amount of weight to that it. That's you know? what I say. Yeah, you can. All right. Uh, I, I go along with the idea this is 
not a government problem. This is a gym problem. And there are some people who I think are legitimately trainers, and they are putting out pretty good videos. Here's how you correctly lift this weight so you don't hurt yourself. But I think what a gym could do is they could say to people, look, this isn't an Instagram production studio. However, if you want to use it that way and you're, you're a professional, you want to make your, your videos, um, 6 o'clock Sunday morning is when we allow that sort of thing to happen. And then, you know, figure it out. But but the rules should be in place by the gym, not anybody else. All right. That's another practical suggestion that would avoid uh, government intervention and be part of the marketplace. We've got a minute left, so maybe I'm going to start with you just to see if we, how far we can push you this morning, Deb. I opined earlier that when this list came out of the 100 highest paid CEOs in the country, uh, and the top two made 151 and uh, 98 million respectively, that I'm all for free enterprise. But I, I think when you ask the question, how much is too much, that's in that range. That's too much. I mean, it's too much in terms of the relativity to workers' wages, is too much in terms of confidence in free enterprise. Uh, but obviously, you might think we should just let the marketplace be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of in the middle on this. First of all, let's be clear that this study uh, comes from the Center for Policy yep. Alternatives, not exactly a pro. But it's just dealing with facts, though. It is. But as we all know, facts can be skewed different ways because not all of this is compensation. Yep. Some of it is is delayed compensation through stocks and that sort of thing. That being said, it, it's a lot of money. But I, I really think, John, the onus is on boards of directors because I don't want people. I mean, the question is, so is, is there a, a solution? Is there a need for a solution? I, I think the boards who get paid money, individuals to sit on a board, to have fiduciary responsibilities to the shareholders, are the ones that need to think about how far should compensation go for a CEO? How much is it tied to profits and how much should it be tied to the brand and you know the, the thought of the consumer? So sure, seems like a lot. Do I have a huge problem with it? Absolutely not. As a board member, uh, would I think twice about these massive salary increases? Absolutely. And All that's right. where the well, initiative is. leave it there, unfortunately. It's a topic for another day. Scott Reed, Deb Hutton, and Jerry Agar on round one. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.